when we're creating our product listings, we can focus on not trying to sell the product, but focus on the benefits and minimizing the risk for the customers and helping them make decisions, providing them with the best and most accurate information that's going to direct them to the best option for their needs and desires. So that's like making sure your product lists what it truly is made of, you know, like if it's gold-plated, saying it's gold-plated and not just saying it's gold. You know, being clear about what wax you use in your candles, what materials are used in your products. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab a nice coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hello, today I'm coming at you with a topic that feels way out of my wheelhouse. (laughs) We're going to be talking about ethical marketing and it feels like a topic that I am not qualified to talk to you about, but I think it's so important and it's one that I have been wanting to record for a while and I I feel like there's special considerations for product-based businesses that need to be brought up. It's a conversation I've been having with, you know, the people I've been working with in my own business and so I really want to talk about this today. So bear with me. It's a little bit of a heavy hitter. There's a lot of feelings tied up into it. There's a lot of background information but I think it's going to be really good. So today we're talking about ethical marketing, like I said, and I think sometimes it's easier for us to define what ethical marketing isn't rather to say what it actually is and what it looks like in practice. So I'm going to break it down as much as I can from like a big picture to get us started. So let's look at the big picture and I need you to bear with me a little bit as we explore some of these examples and concept. So in 1979, the U.S. Department of Health, Education, and Welfare brought together some of the top psychologists and advocates and researchers in order to outline a guide of conduct. And I have this linked in the show notes. So they created a guide of conduct when researching the behaviors of people. And they outlined three guiding principles that I believe apply to any interaction we have with others and can be directly applied to the way we show up in our business and in our marketing specifically. So these three principles are a respect for others, altruism, and justice. So let's look at each one. First, respect. Specifically, respect for our customers' autonomy and ability and right to make informed decisions. So we as marketers should not say or create anything to influence them to make a purchase decision without their full consent and knowledge, meaning we respect their right to choose, to choose to buy our product or not. I feel like that one's pretty easy. We're not going to be forcing people to buy our stuff, right? (laughs) Sometimes we wish we could. (laughs) Okay, next is altruism. So altruism means to act with selfless concern for the well-being of others. So in our marketing, we should set out to have the best interest of our customers in mind. We care about whether the product will truly better their lives. When you care about this, it makes it sway into everything we do. So from marketing strategy, 
just everything because you're determined to keep your customers from having buyer's remorse. And then third is justice. And this is keeping them from bearing a burden so that you can reap the benefits. So you want to enter into a purchase agreement that benefits you, of course, it's a business after all, but also benefits them equally. So that's kind of high level. So, but let's look at what these things look like for us as business owners and like what we can do. So number one, we can be transparent. When we're writing marketing copy, when we're writing product descriptions, when we're telling people about our business and what we do, we want to focus on communicating the truth and the impact of our product, as well as communicating and reflecting the heart of your brand purpose so that your customers can see if your brand values are in alignment with their core values. And I think this has become really apparent within the last few years, like especially from uh, 2020 on, you know, we saw a lot of people really taking a step forward into supporting businesses from business owners of color. And we want to know that the businesses that we are supporting, we're giving our money to are in alignment with what we care about, right? We want to make sure that these businesses do support businesses, business owners of color. We want to make sure that the businesses we're giving money to respect the environment, that their core values align with our core values. We also want to be realistic with our marketing and our copy and anything we say. We don't exaggerate the benefits. Always take an undersell and over-deliver approach. So you want your people to be impressed with the product, to realize that it exceeds their expectations rather than having them disappointed with the ways it doesn't measure up. This is definitely something that is maybe even harder to think about as a product-based business owner in the service industry and in the education industry. This We see this all the time. You have seen this. When you're looking at courses to purchase, they promise you the world and then they deliver you like a peanut. <laughs> we get disappointed. We get that buyer's remorse. We feel like we were tricked into buying something. And a lot of that has to do with copy. A lot of it has to do with marketing tactics, creating FOMO. And some of those are legitimate strategies that we want to, that we can create as long as we are honest about them. For example, if you say you have 10 of one product and you're going to sell the last one, then you should really have 10. You don't add in, oh, I found five more unless it's legitimate. (laughs) Let's take this a step further and like, what do these principles look like in action when it comes to creating marketing content? Like for our websites, for our product listings, social media content, advertising, blog posts, anything that we're creating. One thing we can do is share numbers when it truly helps someone to see a benefit or make a decision, not to increase feelings of FOMO. So if you have a product that is a limited run, you only have 20 of them and you're not going to be making more, you can be upfront about that. Otherwise, you can say, we only have 20 this time and our next restock will be on this date instead of trying to just say, oh, we don't have any more, buy it now. Being honest about your inventory levels is one way a product-based business can take this. When we're creating our product listings, we can focus on not trying to sell the product but focus on the benefits and minimizing the risk for the customers and helping them make decisions, providing them with the best and most accurate information that's going to direct them to the best option for their needs and desires. So that's like making sure your product lists what 
it truly is made of, you know, like if it's gold plated saying it's gold plated and not just saying it's gold. If your stone is man-made saying that it's man-made and not trying to make people believe that it's not, that it was like a genuine mined diamond. These are examples that I'm trying to come up with product companies on the spot. (laughs) You know, being clear about what uh, wax you use in your candles, what materials are used in your products, especially for anything that you're like selling skincare, cleaning supplies, anything they're going to put on their body, your clothing, just being truthful and honest about what it's made of. And I think in some cases we're tempted to maybe fib because we feel like our product is inferior if it doesn't have these things. But the truth is that there are people looking for the option you have, the option you've created. Maybe it's because it fits their budget and they really want the thing. And the fact that it is plated means it will fit their budget because they can't afford a solid piece. Or maybe it's for their health and the fact that you use these particular ingredients means that they can use it because they're allergic to something else that someone else uses. There are people who are looking for what you have, even if you might feel like it's an inferior by being honest. The other thing we can do is not slam other people's products. Don't talk about competitors. Like don't put down competitors. Don't compare your products to others. This is something that I really value. If you listen to any of my episodes about other website platforms, I never talk poorly about other website platforms. I will tell you things that were more difficult. I will tell you things that were different, but I never just like trash talk (laughs) other website platforms, other designers, other anything, because it's important to me one that I come across as honest and positive in one slant, but because there are instances where that other option, even if it's not my preference, is preferable. And that is completely fine. I don't want to sway anyone's decision if it's not to match mine, if it's not the right decision for them. Like I'll tell you why I love it and I tell you why I think it would work. And sometimes I'll tell you why I think it won't work. If I don't if I if I honestly don't think something will work for you, I won't suggest it. You know, a good example of this personally that you've might have heard me talk about on the podcast before is Flowdesk versus Clavio. I personally love and use Flowdesk. It is not necessarily the best choice for store owners, depending on what you want to do with your emails. And if you ask me that, I'll ask you some questions about what types of emails you want to send, what your goals are for the future. And I would let you know, like Flowdesk is an awesome awesome tool, but it doesn't have the same tools, the same functionality as Klaviyo. So you should probably go with Klaviyo or vice versa. Another really important ethical practice that we need to be cognizant of is telling people how we use their data and information. So this is happening on your website by having a terms and conditions page and by having a privacy policy. You can use the generator from Shopify to get those or you can purchase them from the contract shop. I personally have purchased mine from the contract shop because they're a little more specific. Funny story, I actually had a conversation with a local lawyer who is the lawyer of one of my clients, but he gave me a little bit of feedback on my contracts. And, you know, overall, he was pleased with what I had gotten from the contract shop. So I am adamant in purchasing their resources to get something a little more specific and 
for my business. So I will put both of those links in the show notes. My biggest tips to support your ethical marketing efforts is to focus on conducting market research, which may sound boring or like a waste of time. It's not. I know it's not, it feels like a waste of time to me too sometimes, but when I do it for my clients, I love it. It's just hard to do for yourself. <laughs> there are a lot of exercises out there that can help you map out your customer journey Go through the process of what your customers are thinking, what they're feeling in order to create like a customer profile or customer avatar, ideal client. Everyone calls it a different thing, but I I think you've heard about that before, like creating an ideal client or customer profile. These exercises are great, but they can lure you into thinking that you know your customer inside and out without actually knowing your customer's thoughts, wants, and problems unless you do some of the market research first. So you kind of need both pieces. Market research is the best way to ensure you're ethically marketing and selling because you get to know from the direct perspective of your customers what their needs are, what they're looking for, what problems they're facing. So you get to see their desired price point and you accurately understand how to create a product that truly benefits them And you communicate the benefits and features of your product without assuming what you think you know about their needs. So market research doesn't have to be overwhelming or long or drawn out. You can simply, you know, ask on your social media or in your newsletter for a few people to chat with you in exchange for like a Starbucks gift card. And then you could you can do your market research like over voice chat on Voxer. You could do like a quick Zoom call. You can have a phone call. You could just ask them some questions in an email and then you have some of this information. You could also just create like a survey and send that to email and social media. You can use Google Sheets to make a free survey. You don't have to pay anything. Just create a little survey. You can even put your own brand colors on there. It's really fun. So in the show notes, I am going to include a couple of links. One is to SurveyMonkey and the other is to HubSpot, which have tons of great questions you can use in your market research so that you're asking the right questions because I know I am so guilty of trying to do market research in my own business and not actually getting good information. But I would encourage you to maybe talk to somewhere between five to 10 customers, you know, it could be people who have purchased from you in the past, people who you wish were dream customers, or just people who decide who, you know, saw your link and decided to book a call with you or schedule time to chat with you and just ask them some of the questions recommended in SurveyMonkey and HubSpot to get together this research. I thought about sharing some of the questions, but it's so dependent on your business that I didn't want to give like really generalized questions because Two general is not going to give you any information. So you really want to focus on picking the right questions like for your industry. And I would try to keep your survey or questions kind of short, like maybe five to six questions just so that you're not taking up too much time and you're not going too far deep into the weeds of understanding your target audience. But just so you have a really strong foundation so that when you do start writing product listings and you start or you update your website copy or even you're designing a new collection, you know exactly what your customers are looking for and how it's going to benefit them. So just to wrap it up, the whole concept of ethical marketing really goes back to the three principles we talked about. 
the three principles are a respect for others, altruism, and justice. So remembering that our customers are choosing to shop with us. So we want to provide them with the right information, honest information, truthful descriptions, so that they have the ability to make the best decision for them and that we're putting out in our marketing, in our descriptions, in our content, information that has the best interest of our customers. So again, we're being honest, we're being clear, we're you know sharing as much as we need to so that they can make that informed decision and then providing them with something that is equally beneficial for the two of us, for both parties, the seller and the purchaser. So I think that really sums it up. I know this is a heavy one. And I honestly, I think that this is easier than you think, but sometimes it does mean letting go of some of the principles that we have been taught or letting go of some of the things that we see other marketers doing and knowing that they're not right for us. Side note, I recently had a sales page written by a copywriter and I loved the content she provided. I thought it was perfect. There was one instance where she used a word that I would not personally use and I felt like it was making a guarantee that I could not back. Like I cannot promise X results. And so when I created my own you know, when I started going through it, I changed that because I don't think she meant it as a, as like to be untrue, but I felt like it was something that I didn't want to put next to my name because it felt like I would be giving someone a promise that I couldn't guarantee. I'm not trying to be super blatant because I I don't want to like give too much away, but just a little note. Oh, one other thing. (laughs) When you are upfront and clear about your products and your descriptions, so not only is this ethical, too, it's better for user experience because your customers are seeing what they truly want. Three, you will get less returns if you are super clear and transparent within your marketing because what the customer is getting is what they expected. So just a little side benefit of all of this is that it's better for your business also. (laughs) Think about all the times maybe you've ordered something on Amazon that was like cheap and you didn't get what you expected. We don't want that for our small businesses, our handmade businesses, you know, our businesses that we've poured our heart and soul to into. We don't want that. So we fix that by using ethical marketing practices. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here for this deep episode that has been on my heart for a few weeks and I felt like I needed to get out. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have not left a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes Podcasts, whatever it's called, please do so. It helps me get the show out to others, other makers, other product-based businesses, and you can always DM me. I love getting your DMs on Instagram about the episodes. It's like, it makes my day every time. So I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.